0: Well, good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alderson, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, do to us. We'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call Two nine one six nine zero one, 291 and that'll get you right up to us.
1: That's right, and you put a 225 in front of that, and you can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning.
0: That's right, and we certainly wish you would. Just give us a call wherever you may be. Of course, mostly folks in Baton Rouge are those who call in, and we mostly. appreciate their calls, but we'll take calls from anywhere in the world. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of ambitiously. <laughs> I'm telling you. Let's go with our phone lines with Rick. Good morning, Rick.
2: Hey, good morning. How are y'all doing? Doing great, Doing sir. great. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Lewis. I just wanted to ask a question about my 04 F-150. Okay. I do have the 5.43 valve. Okay. And I've been listening to you talk about that a lot, and I know that's a problem with the oil, if you don't run the right oil. That is correct. The, I've been using the 520 synthetic blend good. throughout its life, but I have not been using the Ford specific filter i've been mean, yes. using a name brand i won't name it but it's yes. a you know very high quality filter mm-hmm. is it really key that i go back to ford i
0: wouldn't say without... necessarily rick there are probably some good aftermarket filters on the market it's just there are also some bad and it's hard for the average person yeah. to know the difference so the reason i recommend the ford motorcraft filter is because we know it's always at least a very good filter it may not always All be right. the absolute best but we know it's a good filter everything you need is in there but there are also other filters on the market. Now, what bugs me a little bit about some of the aftermarket ones is that they may offer more than one line of filter. So if right. you say XYZ filter is okay, and then you go get the junk knockoff imported XYZ filter with no, the same Ford box. does that. Well, they do on some stuff, yeah. And Motorcraft, you, OEM. Ford and, and OEM, Motorcraft are not the same. There is Motorcraft right. and there's OEM Ford. Same thing with AC Delco and GM. Motorcraft is a supplier to Ford but it is not mm-hmm. the only supplier. And some things that are Motocraft are not OEM Ford and vice versa. Right. But at least the Motocraft filters are all the same line. They don't have two lines of filters that I'm aware of. But you do have to watch that you are getting the premium filter. But I don't think it's absolutely necessary that you use a Motocraft filter as long as you're using a good, high-quality filter.
2: Yeah, it appears that it has that little anti back valve yes, in sir. it. Yes, mm-hmm. Good. So I know that's important to keep that oil up. That is correct. I've got several
0: thing- articles on the site about that.
2: I have taken a look at this really interesting, and I do appreciate it. It's helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Just one quick thing on on oil, if I could. Yes, sir. This is just one other example of how we kind of get left out in the cold with these big manufacturers. I've been using a brand name oil for 35 years. Yes, sir. I've got a motorcycle that's 36 years old. It's got a wet clutch, so it's bathed in the motor oil. And they changed the specification on this oil several years ago to get the new changes in the automotive industry, and they didn't really publish it. And I've used (laughs) it to the point where my clutch was slipping so bad, I thought I was going to replace it. Yes, sir. That and, kind of um, stuff does happen. So I changed oils and it's doing okay now, but it's been a process.
0: Yeah, when you got a vintage apparatus of any kind, you got to watch because oil does change over the years. One thing that a lot of folks don't realize like a lot of your old vehicles, they used to put metals in the oil, like zinc and phosphate, stuff like that, to protect the flat tappet cams. Well, all those have gone because almost everything now has a roller cam in it. So even though you're using a good, high-quality motor oil, it may not meet the specifications you need it on that early engine. you got to do some checking. You do. And see, they actually have additives like millennium and those sorts of things you can add to some of those old oils to bring back those properties. But you have to be a little careful because technology keeps advancing, and the oils keep up with the technology. But it, just right. because it's a better product per se doesn't mean it's adequate for the old apparatus that we had.
2: Exactly, yep. So, that's it for me. I really appreciate the show. You guys have helped me out so many times.
0: Well, good, Rick. I appreciate your call, man.
2: Y'all have a great day and a good weekend. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is a number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. Why don't you go and give us a call?
1: And, you know, those all filters we were talking about with mm-hmm. Rick, you got to watch the brand names, too, but a lot of those have changed hands over several years now, and you're getting offshore components.
0: That's a good point because – some of what used to be a decent filter is now maybe a trash filter because the company has been bought and sold possibly two or three times, and current management's idea is, hey, let's put the cheapest junk we can import in this box. Make the most money off the top. Make the most money we can. Yeah, it's kind of an unfortunate thing for any society that we can go in and we can buy a small company that has a really great reputation, and what they're doing is buying a name. Correct. And I know a lot of folks are going to buy that name because of the previous history that they right. had with it and then they just go and get a cheap junk part throw it in the box and people continue to buy that name for a good period of time sure. eventually maybe they'll catch on but in the interim they're going to make a whole lot of money it
1: happens all across the line not just oil filters we no, see it in suspension we parts we see it in electrical parts we see it like i said all the way across the line oh
0: yeah i can name a shock absorber company that i used to just thought hung the moon they were really really good and right. now i wouldn't use anything they make it's exactly. absolute trash and they still have a really good big brand name. They do. So you got to be very, very careful. You can't just go by brand name. Brand name is certainly one indication, but unless you keep up with the trends and keep up what's going on in the industry, was kind of hard for the average uh, sure, uh, sure car because. Owner, a lot of that,
1: like you said earlier, they have two different lines, and they're putting junk parts in both lines. And sometimes, sometimes the entire
0: line has turned to junk. Right. But you and I may buy this product maybe five, six, seven, ten, a hundred times a week, and the average customer may only buy it once every five years. Correct. So we're going to have a lot more experience with it. it makes it a little easier for us. But if you buy stuff infrequently, you need to kind of do a little homework, do a little checking around, make sure that the product you used to use is still the same product. Exactly. Let's go back to our phone lines with CJ. Good morning, CJ.
3: Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful, sir. This is a first-time caller for me. I have a, a 2001 Dodge Durango. Okay. And I have a squeak, squeak, squeak coming from the pulleys on the front of the engine. Now, the okay. thing is, I've already changed the idle pulley, and, the, and there's a little small pulley that just sits uh-huh. there helping put tension on the Yes, sir. That's correct. a tensioner pulley. Okay. Now... The thing is, is that it could be either the compressor, the power steering pump, and the uh, water pump. And that's the only thing, three things that's necessary. Now, no. I've, I've already taken the serpentine belt off. Mm-hmm. I've turned the, the compressor mm-hmm. pulley. There's no grinding, nothing. Mm-hmm. The power steering pump, I have did that also. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm wondering, uh, is a squeak, squeak. Now, it makes a big noise when I first start.
0: Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And then
3: as I drive, I live in Geismar. From Geismar to Baton Rouge, it goes down in density. That's intensity. correct.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now I, I'm not quite sure. Do you have an idea? Oh, I know exactly what.
0: CJ, <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing is you're taking a non-logical approach. You're going in. You're looking at things. You're looking at components. You have to look at the system.
4: Okay. Okay.
0: Now the first thing you want to do is take the belt off the engine and temporarily start the motor and make sure the noise is completely gone. Okay. Okay. If it's gone with the belt off, we well, you know it is the belt or a belt-driven accessory. Okay. okay. Next thing you want to do is take a little squirt bottle with, say, some water in it. Don't use anything but water. Spray a little bit of water near each one of the accessories. On the rib side. On the rib side. If the noise gets louder, then you've got a slipping belt because the water is going to temporarily lubricate that belt and it's going to make it slip. If the noise gets immediately quieter, you most likely have a pulley that is either worn, damaged, or out of alignment with the other pulleys. Okay. Okay. Now, that's relatively easy to happen, particularly if any component on the engine has ever been replaced. For instance, let's say you change the alternator at some point in time, or maybe okay. the water pump, or maybe the power steering pump. Well, that pulley didn't necessarily get back in exactly the same position on the shaft as the other one. We've actually got a laser device that we can lay on those pulleys and check the alignment on all the pulleys.
3: Well, yep. let me say this. I had trouble with the, in fact, I had the carbon steel ring on one of the cylinder heads uh, that completely fell off, and I had to bring it to one of the local mm-hmm. distri- uh, reps. that had to change the cylinder head. so in order to do that, mm-hmm. they move pull around with the pulleys. And right, that's correct. And, the right. valve and cover see, assembly. there
0: may have been a shim or something, a washer behind one of those pulleys that got left out. It could be something is just not bolted on straight. I mean, it could simply be the the belt tensure is worn out and it's not holding enough tension on the belt. Mm-hmm. See, there's all sorts of things. Also, right. the belt itself, you can't look at that belt and tell if it's worn out. If you go on my website and just type in the word serpentine belt, you can see three articles on belts. Okay. And you cannot look at a belt and see if it's worn out. The newer belts are made of EPDM rubber. They are not going to crack and they're not going to look like they're worn out, but the yeah. grooves can get wider and it will slip. <laughs> So you have to start out with that water test and see whether you got a belt problem or you got an alignment problem.
3: Because when it starts out mm-hmm. first in the morning, it makes so, well it always elation. will be because right, the belt's cold. The cold then. Yeah, it's always
0: will be. The belt's cold. Right. It's harder when it gets hot. It's going to get softer. So it's going to always grip better when it's warm. That's always a belt type issue. But, again, we don't know if we have a tension problem. We don't know if we've got a alignment problem. We don't know if we've got a worn-out belt problem or wrong belt problem. Let me ask you problem.
3: this question. Well, well, I assume when they, they did the uh, service on the vehicle that they put a new serpentine belt. Well, you can't that's assume right. that. I can only assume that. Yeah, you, you can't assume that. You can't. No,
0: sir. You'll go so far wrong because you can go spend $1,000 on other stuff and then come back, well, it was the wrong belt. So you've well, you uh, got uh, to test each and every individual thing. You well, can't you assume anything.
3: Facility, you have the instruments to test this. I do. Oh, yes, sir. I check anything on that car. Okay. Well, I may have to do that. I may have to bring it into sure. you and let, and well, let you let Well, just do what I it.
0: told you. First, take the belt completely off, crank it up, make sure the noise is gone. Because there are some things that can make a noise exactly like a belt. Like, right. for instance, Ford's are notorious They have what they call a camshaft synchronizer. And it goes, J-j-j-j-j-j. it sounds exactly like a belt. I have seen thousands of belts replaced, and the noise is still there. And no one ever took the belt off to check to see if the noise went away.
3: Well, I've already taken the fan clutch off, and mm-hmm. I, I cranked it up, and the noise was still there.
1: Well, you didn't take the belt off. You just took the fan clutch I off. I just
3: took the, uh, well, yeah. just to see if the fan clutch was. Right, no, you right, got to no, take the take belt, the belt off, off,
0: crank it up, make sure the noise is gone. If That's the noise cool. is gone, now we know we're into a belt because there are some squeaks and someone may have left something loose whenever they did the work on the cylinder there. head and something may be squeaking sound like a belt. Since we can't assume it's a belt, although it probably is, we can't assume that. We got to verify. It's so easy to check. Why would you not do it? Yes. You know, why would you go change a bunch of stuff and, and go to a whole bunch of problems without doing that simple test first? But, well, I've turned everything with the belt off. And right. Nothing you're not going to hear that. Yes, you didn't grinding, take the belt off and start feel. it. You're so, not, so you're, you're not gonna still hear not hear getting what I'm saying.
3: Yeah, I understand.
0: you got to make sure we got a belt problem. Uh, yeah you may not have a single bad pulley on there but you may also not have a belt problem you may have a squeak in the exhaust manifold shield that somebody left loose it sounds like a belt. Well, that's a possibility well, yeah. absolutely
1: and if the belt got changed they may have put the wrong belt on or it's abs- too long now so the tension is not holding enough pressure that's on it that's correct
0: so it could be just a quarter <laughs> so, inch half inch longer and now the tension can't hold right. it tight
1: so three tests you can verify where you need to go next
0: yeah and those none of With those, those are going to cost tests. you anything you're not Everything going to spend a penny. You you're just going to spend a little bit of time. You can do it all yourself, and you're going to be way, way ahead of the game. But go on the website, type in the word Serpentine Belt, and read those three articles. It'll tell you more about belts than you thought there ever was existed. Everything I wanted to know. And exactly. probably some you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
3: look, I appreciate the info, and if nothing uh, comes, just let me know. Uh, I'll bring it to your shop and let you look at it. Absolutely. Great. We can find it. Look, and you have a good day. All right, Thank CJ, thanks you for calling, man. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: 291 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive aisle, we would love to have you. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? We get belt problems
1: in a lot here lately. Like you saying earlier, they average from anywhere from it not being a belt at all mm-hmm. to the wrong belt to a misaligned pulley to a worn-out tensioner.
0: Well, and I have got to say I have made that mistake myself probably 100 times. I hear a squeak, 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 squeak. It is a belt. I don't even look at anything else. I go in and put a belt on and the noise is still there. And then I'm embarrassed to find that the bolt holding the air conditioning compressor is a little bit loose. And it's going to squeak, 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 squeak. Because every time that compressor moves, it makes a little squeak. Right. Or the belt tensioner, where it pivots, is going to squeak, 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 squeak. It sounds exactly like a belt. Right. So there are just so many things that may sound like a belt. Well... And just because you hear
1: a herd of hoofs coming behind yeah. you, you don't assume it's horses. Yeah, could it be zebras. Yeah,
0: it could be anything. Could be <laughs> anything. And, and you want to always go with the most logical thing first, right. or the easiest thing first. The easiest it's just thing. Very, very easy to eliminate everything else. Sure. Uh, without having to spend money and do a bunch of tests. Hey, we got to take a quick little break, Matt. Hang on, you'll be straight up after this break.
5: Hey, Adco Automotive is here to tell you some things are too good to be true, like free beer tomorrow or lose weight on the ice cream and cheeseburger diet another thing too good to be true the low price oil change automotive businesses will sucker you in with an under thirty dollar oil change and then give you a huge list of recommended maintenance and repairs like flushes brake work rack and pinion leaks oil leaks and more well agco says be smart when you get the list, bring your vehicle to AGCO, and we'll provide you an honest evaluation of any problems you may be having. Want to know more details about upsells and wallet flushes, plus tons of other automotive info? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. ocom AGCO, it's the place to go. Oh, and those beautiful models just waiting to talk to you late at night? Yeah, too good to be true. Welcome back. You just joined us the Automotive Hour. I'm
0: your host, Louis Alves and with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Go ahead and give us a call. It's 291-6901. And we're going back to our phone lines with Matt. Good morning, Matt.
6: Hey, good morning, y'all. Good morning. first yes, sir. Time, first time caller. Thank you. I have a 95 S10 that had been sitting up for about two years. Drained all the gas out of the tank. Okay, good. And wanted to bring it back. You know, at a different location, okay? So I crank it up, put fresh gas in and crank it up, I had to boost it because the battery was gone. Sure. right? It started up, ran perfect. And take off just a maybe a mile it killed. And I said, well, possibly the fuel filter because I had drained it all, and, yeah, and so not I changed too likely. The, I changed the fuel filter, mm-hmm. crank it up. And it ran all the way home. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, I know this battery is pretty old, so I bought a brand new battery, yes, mm-hmm. went and put it on. Put the, well, the check engine light came on sure. also. And that was new because it, it never used to do that. Mm-hmm. When I tried putting the headlights on, it kills. Okay, I, I bought a brand new battery, like I say. And even with the ba- brand new battery, try to start it. When I, when I go into the crank position, mm-hmm. nothing happens. No click, nothing. So there's my problem.
0: Yeah, Matt, I doubt very seriously a fuel filter would make it kill simply because when you return to idle, which is when it would die, that's the least fuel that you're going to need. So most likely what happened is that when you went to change the filter, you let it sit for a while, something cooled off and came back. And that's why it started when you did that. And if you just waited an hour and went back and hit it, it probably started again anyway if you hadn't changed the fuel filter.
6: Well, I had to jump it.
0: Mm-hmm. Started every yeah.
6: time because the battery. Well, was that old. is a battery
0: problem. Right, that's a difference. Or issue. an alternator problem not charging the battery, or a parasitic draw problem drawing the battery down. And that's going to probably be a different issue from you dying unless, but with a new battery, you see, even if the alternator were not working at all, that new battery uh-huh. would run that vehicle for a while. So it, would it would take it a while. Even
6: even though the alternator was bad? Yeah, even yeah. if the alternator
0: was missing from the vehicle, it would run off the battery for probably a day. Will okay. eventually go dead, un- clearly.
6: Yeah, but un- Until the battery was right. exhausted, right? right? But
0: it can supply enough power for it to run. So I think you maybe got more than one issue going on. Okay. I guess, first off, as far as the dying problem, what I would do is, to get a fuel pressure gauge and put on the vehicle, okay. jump it off, let it run, and then when it dies, watch what the fuel pressure does. Okay. And if the fuel pressure maintains, if you got full fuel pressure when it dies, okay, we can eliminate the entire fuel system. We know it's not that because we okay. had fuel pressure when it died. Now we're looking at something like a crank sensor or something like that, okay. a coil, a coil wire, you know, something going bad, maybe an ignition Yeesh. switch. Couldn't be a fuse because a fuse can't blow it and come back. Okay. Fuse blows, okay. it's done. Right. So if the fuel pressure drops off, well, now we're into probably a fuel pump getting hot and dropping out. And again, that fuel pump sat in old, nasty, contaminated fuel for two years, even though you changed the fuel, still right. sat in that. So that's a possibility, but don't go change the fuel pump. Go and get a fuel pressure gauge, put it on, and let's see. Once you do that, you know what the issue is as far as okay. the dying. Now, okay. beyond that, as far as the not starting, what you would need to do is just test the alternator and see if it's putting out. If it's putting out and the battery's new, then you would have to have, like, a parasitic draw or possibly a bad cable. In other words, you can have a cable that's corroded going to the main power center. Uh-huh. And even though the battery is hot, it's not going to do anything if it doesn't get power to the power center because it can't energize Ooh. the ignition switch. Right. So it'll seem just like a dead battery. So those are the kinds of things you'll have to do. You just kind of got to take a little bit of a logical approach on it. Another thing you need to do is probably go ahead and check that, check engine light, see what it is, because that may give you some idea of what else is going on. For instance, if, if you have a crank sensor code, well, then that leans a lot more towards the crank sensor dropping out. If okay. you got like a lean code or an oxygen sensor code or an airflow meter code, it sounds like it's running low on fuel or running low on fuel pressure. You're more into the fuel system. So. A few simple tests is going to put you way, way down the road without spending any money.
1: Now, if the okay. battery has gone dead since, you may not have a code anymore. Right. You
0: may not have, have, have anything lots. to work with. It may be gone. Right. So you may have to jump it off, get it to run, see if the light comes back, Correct. and go from there.
6: Okay. All righty. Okay, man. Thank you very All much. All right, man. All right. Thanks
0: for calling, man. Bye bye. right. Two nine one sixty nine zero one is a number. If you want to be part of the automotive Fire, we would love to have you. This is Joe. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. Hey, man.
4: hey, Louis. Did you address the gas problem with the problem we all
0: have with these cars? Yeah, Joe, I was going to talk about that in a later segment, but since you brought it up, the problem that we talked about last week, and, of course, it hit the news this week, and a lot of people are getting real, real excited, and that's the fuel, or at least the fuel that's off-spec that got into the Baton Rouge market and affected a lot, a lot of vehicles. There's tons and tons of propaganda and the rumor mill, and, of course, the worst thing that can happen to a big company is to make a mistake in a slow news week. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because they're going to crucify you. We don't really know what's going on exactly with the fuel. I would say let's just don't rush the judgment. Let's wait and see. But something in the fuel is causing an interaction. What it seems to do is cause the valves to stick in the engines, which means it's going to lower the compression, make it hard to start, make it idle rough.
1: Maybe not start at all, depending on how much.
0: right. And the fix that we have found is going in, just cleaning the valves on it, and then start to dilute the fuel. I don't see any need to throw away the fuel or to drain the tank or any of that kind of stuff. We just dilute the fuel by adding a quarter tank, running it down, adding a quarter tank, running it down. And I have seen absolutely no long-term problems from it. So I think the problem is maybe getting a little blown out of proportion of what it is. And I know your vehicle did the same thing, and I think we took it in, cleaned the valves, and I hope it's good now. But what a lot of people I'm seeing are, oh, man, I was told I needed a new motor. I was told I needed a new fuel pump. No, I don't. I would get a second opinion. If you're being told that you have any kind of major problems with your car as a result of the fuel issue, get a second opinion because that is not likely at all.
1: Yeah, everyone we've had come through the shop, we've actually been able to clean the valves on it, like Lewis was saying, and get them to run. And yep. they, they seem to be fine with your Under a $100 fix right. on
4: all of them. All right. I got another question Why you're on the phone. You bet. Go ahead. I'm looking at a 2005 Chevy pickup that my brother has, Okay, and I'm thinking about buying it. I can get the truck for like $2,500, but it has 200,000 miles on it, but it's road miles. Yeah, right. I wouldn't be too scared of
0: that, Joe. I like that truck a lot. All the Chevy pickups prior to 2007, in my opinion, were pretty good vehicles, and I really like the 2000, 2001, 2s even better, but... Five was still a good vehicle in my experience. I wouldn't be scared of it, even at 200,000 miles, especially at that price. I mean, what you got to lose.
4: Yeah. Right. Well, he drives it from Meridian to Baton Rouge almost every other week. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Perfect mileage. And the truck has, I mean, it's got the heated seats. It's got levels loaded. Yeah.
0: Hang on, Joe. I got to take a quick little break right here, but I'll be right back and I'll finish talking with you.
6: Good morning. And welcome back to automotive maintenance school, fellas. Good morning. Yesterday, we left off talking about how to upsell your customers with the sneaky $24.99 oil change.
5: Yeah, they come in for the special and bam, we hit them with other problems we just happened to find while doing the oil change. (laughs) Yeah, and then you tell them, it's a good thing you came in for our oil change special. Yeah, you may never have known you needed all this work.
6: Yeah, sound like you fellas did your homework. I just hope none of your customers did. <laughs>
5: Agco Automotive has this to say about low price oil changes. Take advantage of them. And if you get a list of recommended repairs, bring your vehicle to us for an honest opinion of what, if anything, needs to be fixed. Want to know more details about upsells and wallet flushes, plus tons of other automotive info? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com. Agco. It's the place to go.
2: Victory crew, when you're making me punch
5: you when hey, welcome the back to the Automotive hour. hour. I'm
0: your host, Louis Alzan, with Mr. Brian Terry. It, hey, between two of us, we'll show. try to answer any automotive questions you might it, have. So and just before the, the break, we are talking to Joe. Joe, if you got $2,500 into this truck, I mean, you're not in there real deep. Let's say you had to put a motor and a transmission. Okay, right. well, now you got $7,500. You got a better truck, and you can buy new. Yeah, well, I've
4: been driving for about five days. I'm going to drive it for a couple hundred dollars truck said drive it. But I, I've noticed one thing as I'm driving it, mm-hmm. Well, you put it in gear, to select the selector thing
1: there, it's not lit up. That's in the instrument cluster, and that's really just a set of lights that are soldered into the board in the back. Yeah. And if you're going to take the instrument cluster out to fix that, you might as well go ahead and change all of the stepper motors and everything, change yeah. the lights, the stepper re- motors. Just rebuild the instrument cluster. Put it back in, and that's right. you won't have to worry about it again yeah, later. We, we because eventually... Those stepper motors are going to start going bad, and the gauges are going to start reading goofy.
0: Yeah, the speedometer right, yeah, will be sitting on 100 when yeah. you're going 30, and the tackle quit working. I guess. All of them will screw up in, right. in actually,
4: time. Actually, that happened to that GMC you got in the shop for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. I
1: mm-hmm. had them
4: changed. I was in Houston with my son as a guy. Come to his, your house and change it. Really? He changed all six of their motors, put yeah. new ones in that. That's a good deal. Yeah. That's been a year ago. Yep. You know, and he said, the motors he put in are better than the ones they took out. Right. It
0: could not be too good to be better than what it, it took you. out. I'm telling you. would not to be too good to be better than what it took out. I can tell you yeah, that. that's what he said. That's exactly what
4: he said. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah okay, well, I'm probably get that truck more than likely. I don't see
0: where you can go wrong. If not, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Right, so, right. Thank right, you, bye. Now, bye. Thanks for calling me. bye Bye-bye. All right, we're going back to our phone lines. We got Jules online. Good morning, Jules.
3: Okay, good morning. How you doing? Doing great, sir. Good morning. I've got a problem with my transmission. I think I've got an 02 Chevrolet Impala 3.8, 168,000 miles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the other day, I was driving, and when I took off for a wine, and then a car. Would jerk into each gear, and then that was three or four days ago, and it hasn't reoccurred since then. Well, I that's guess.
0: a four T sixty five E transmission, Correct. and that is not one of GM's best designs. I can tell you, at one hundred sixty eight thousand, you're pretty close to the end of its life. I mean, I've got Uh-oh. one in my Buick. I rebuilt mine at eighty nine thousand, so oh. I'm not saying yours is going out. It could be as simple as it's just low on fluid. That will do that. And well, check that. Yeah. Well, I know you did. I know. But, I know. But ninety percent of people in the world cannot check transmission fluid. Okay. I'm gonna tell you right now. Go to my website and just type in "check transmission fluid." And there's a big old article in it, and it'll tell you everything you need to know. Because number one, it has got to be on perfectly level ground. If it's sitting in a parking lot, it's not level. You're not getting the right reading. Number two, it's got to be fully warmed up. It's got to be running. Okay. And it's got to shift through every gear before you start. But the most important oh, thing of neutral? all.
3: Yep. Yeah, so it to be in park. Neutral or park, either one. Either one. Oh, okay. either you also one. Okay. got to
0: shift through every gear before you start to charge all those accumulators up. Now, last thing, Correct. and this is most important of all, you got to read both sides of the stick. Jules, if you read one side and it's full and you read the other side and it's a quart low, it's a quart low. Because it can't go oh, down okay. on the stick, but right. the splash can make it look more full than it is. See, the side that faces the torque converter and all the gears, is going. it can sling all up on that side. But the back side will read correctly. So you got to read both sides. I mean, I get cars. Okay. I couldn't tell you. I had other shops send me cars and say the transmission's going out. We check it; it's low on fluid. Okay. It's just most people do not ever check transmission fluid correctly. But check that and make sure. I'm not saying that's it, but that is one thing that will do that. Now there are a but few other simple things that can do it. Are you getting a check engine light, or do you have a check engine light on?
3: Well, you know, that came on about maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. okay. and then okay. it went off. Yeah, well, right? go check that, that code.
0: Yeah, you need to check that code because it, if it's an 800 series code or PO P08 something another or a 1800 series code, like a 1840, 18 something like that, then it's a transmission code because most of the time if the transmission actually slips, the computer will pick that up, and it normally is going to have to drive a good ways for it to do. So if you're mostly putting around town, it may not ever set that code. But let's say you go from yeah. here to New Orleans. When you get to New Orleans and you come to the end of the interstate, and you pull off, It'll have a lot of slamming gear. Because what it's done is adapt it as you're driving. And once it okay. reaches maximum adapt, it goes to a real hard shift, and that's when it'll set the light. So – those things need to be checked first i mean worst case you bring it in we can do a pressure test i can tell you if it's in the transmission or outside there are some sensors outside that can cause that a map sensor a throttle position sensor can cause that
1: we've seen quite a few transmissions get changed because of outside sensors yeah and still have the same problem and then bring it in
0: we change the sensor and fix it right but worst case scenario i mean i could drop the pan cut the filter open if it's got a snap ring and a bunch of metal in the pan well you pretty much know at that point
3: the transmission fluid looks, looks you know, really good. On yeah, it. it's, it's nice it's red. Really red and red. Well, that's clear. a good sign. That's yeah. a good
0: sign. It means it's not burnt, but it doesn't mean something had not broken inside, see? It can be Up a here. snap ring can break and move something, and it'll be laying in the pan, and the fluid will still be nice and clean, but it just won't shift right. I had a 2005 Buick. I had absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. I was going on vacation, so I told Josh to check the transmission fluid, and we went ahead and decided to do a service on it. I dropped the pan. There's a snap ring laying in my pan.
4: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. tore <Toward laughs> it down. It's
0: about to go completely. So I didn't want that to happen halfway between here and Virginia. So I went and rebuilt mine and had several problems. But I never had a single sign. It didn't do anything.
3: Okay. Well, I guess I better bring it in and let you check Wouldn't it out. Wouldn't be a bad idea to check it. Yeah. Anything, it'd be that doing it now. Than later. It is exactly Well,
1: it's right. convenient right now.
0: Convenient. You got control well, that's right true now. Too. You're calling the right. shots right, right now. When you're on the side road halfway between here and nowhere, <laughs> you're, you're at the true. mercy of the record driver then. At uh, the best. Uh, yeah.
3: True. Okay. All, All right, thanks for letting me
0: Good. Thanks, call, man. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I would love to have you. That's one of those things folks will always say, Well, I've checked transmission fluid, and I'm sure they did. Right. But it is so, so, so easy to get an improper reading. That's one reason why they've removed the dipsticks from transmissions, just because people weren't reading right anyway. And a lot of times they were doing more harm than good because they we're adding the wrong fluid to the transmission. Correct. It may have say a Toyota that requires WS world standard. It may be completely full. They checked it, got the wrong reading, dumped some DEX-3 in there. Well, now they have a problem.
1: Right. All the additives are different. That's why there are two different lines of fluid. And actually there must be what? Three dozen different lines of fluid across the, I've across the board. I have I know.
0: lost count. We stock about 25 different fluids. Right. And I'm sure, we, and we don't work on European cars. Exactly. Every one of those has a special fluid, and a lot of those are just not compatible one with another, so they can't really be mixed. Right. Even Toyota
1: has, what, three different lines.
0: Yeah, at least. the, well, the old ones used Dexron 3, then, then they went got to T4. To, then you got Dura's WS. WS. Right. So that's, that's at least three. Right hand, yeah. And on and on and on it goes. I think Ford has five or six different ones. I know. It's crazy. I tell you. Hey, we're going back to our phone lines. George, good morning, George.
1: Good morning. How y'all
2: doing? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Good. I got a 2002 Silverado with a 5.3 liter, mm-hmm. uh-huh. 143,000 miles okay. on it. And I heard you talking about the fuel issue, and I don't know if this is coincidental, but within the last week and a half,
3: uh-huh.
2: on the first startup in the morning of my truck, mm-hmm. and it's only happened twice. And you know, like I said, in a week and a half, the thing, the motor runs real rough, like it's got a vacuum leak or okay. something's dropped down it. And I turn the motor off. First time I turned it back on, it ran fine. Mm-hmm. The second time, it happened six or seven days later. It took three times to turn the truck off. Yes, sir. It doesn't mm-hmm. smooth out, so I don't know if it's had anything to do with
3: the fuel. George, or it else. could
0: have. That is one of the symptoms that you might have. But I'll tell you what's just as common to that truck, and that is the intake manifold gaskets. GM had a inferior grade of gasket they used that. After it gets a few miles on, it starts leaking. And what happens, it doesn't leak fuel or coolant. It leaks air into the intake. Now, when that occurs, the engine starts to lean out because the air is not all passing through the airflow meter. So the engine doesn't know that it's got more air than fuel. Now, this is the thing. When the engine is cold, the oxygen sensors are not working. They have to get heated up before they start working. Right. When the engine's cold, it's running on a default setting, which is the average of where it usually sets things. So when it goes to default settings and it's too lean, it's going to start to misfire and run rough. Now, as soon as those oxygen sensors get heated up, they come online, they tell the computer, to say, hey, we're too lean. Well, it just opens the pulse width on the injector a little bit and it covers it up. So the problem goes away, or so you think. Now, what we can do is go in and read what they call fuel trim. Fuel trim is the amount of fuel the computer is adding over and above the amount that it should be. So let's say we got a plus 10% fuel trim. On bank one and two, it'll set eventually when it gets to 15%, it'll throw the check engine light on and set a set of code 174 or 171.
3: Yeah, there's no check engine light. Well, lights. it had not got that far right. yet, so
0: it has to get to 15%. Uh-huh. Let's say you're at 8 or 9%. It's going to run rough, but it's not going to set the check engine light till it gets to 15%. So that's very easily detectable, and it's a relatively easy fix. I mean, you have to take the intake manifold off. You have to replace the gaskets with the updated gaskets. The old gaskets were kind of red and color, the new ones are teal colored. And there's also some hold-down fasteners that have a rubber cushion on it or urethane cushion. Those urethane cushions pack down over time, and if you don't replace those, the problem will occur again. Go to my website and just type in, like, GM Rough idle, and it'll bring up an article, show you pictures and everything else. I mean, it's all covered right there. But that happens a lot of times in that truck. Now, getting back to your other issue... If it was the fuel problem, it will clear up as soon as you start diluting that fuel. What I would do is go get like a quarter tank of fuel. Don't fill completely up. Add like a quarter tank to it. Run it a while and add another quarter tank. That way you're diluting the fuel. And if the problem goes away, then you're good. Don't worry about it.
3: Okay. All right. All right,
0: right, George. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I, of course, you can add a 225. 225.
1: That's right. And get us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. We'd right. sure
0: like to hear from you. Just in case you don't want to call in, just don't want to be on the radio.
1: Or maybe something occurs to you after we go off the air, or maybe even next week. You can always go to the website get your questions answered that way. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com. There's a contact bar on each and every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night and get it back within 24 hours. That's right.
0: And while you're on the site, I'm going to peruse around, look at detailed topics. I put one on this morning concerning this issue with fuel Uh in the Baton Rouge area, and I hope it's an objective article. I tried to make it that way. We just don't know, and I don't want to go and try to paint anybody with a broad brush and right, A lot of people are coming out, oh, Exxon This Exxon. Well, I don't know. Exxon is a very good company, and they made millions and millions and millions of gallons of fuel. Exactly. This is one little area. We're not even sure that's what's causing it. So until we know, I also know that Exxon produces fuel for a lot of other companies. So even though you bought a different brand of fuel, because we're getting a lot of these cars in that did not buy Exxon fuel—
1: Right. They make base level of the fuel. And they and then they send it, the other companies come in and buy it well and they, they add their own marketing well to it they and then send it out. blend
0: it any way you want it. In other words, as long as it's legal, they'll put it in. If you say, I want this much detergent, I want this much naphtha, I want this much, let's just say, toluene or detergent or whatever, they will put whatever you want. So it becomes your unique product. Uh-huh. For instance, let's say, and I'm going to just throw out a name, say Shell. Let's say you get Shell gasoline that comes from an Exxon refinery. It's okay. still Shell gasoline. Sure. Because it's been made to Shell specification.
1: But it was basement made all at Exxon.
0: Well, yeah, they may have produced it for them because if they don't have a refinery in the area and you buy a, pu- a fuel, it's generally going to be made at a local refinery. Right. Same thing if I go up north somewhere where they don't have an Exxon refinery and I buy Exxon fuel, it may be made in a British Petroleum refinery, right. but it's going to be Exxon fuel because it's blended to their specifications. Correct. So I want to read that article. Great article. Uh, will take a lot of load off people's minds because people are hearing all kinds of, oh my God, I'm going to have to put a new motor in. No, 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 no. Relatively minor problem, easy fix, so go in there, read the article, see what you think, (laughs) www.agcoauto.com, and we're going back to the phone lines with Cliff. Good morning, Cliff. Good morning. Good morning.
6: I've got a 2012 Chevrolet 1500 that has a clunking noise in the rear end of the transmission, and it usually happens between 15 and 25 miles an hour, like when you're in a turn. Mm Mm-hmm. And I brought it back to the dealer, and they said it's something in the clutches in the transmission. They tried to get the truck to get better fuel mileage. Have you heard anything about this? I've heard
0: a lot of things, and there's a bunch of bulletins on. Is it the six-speed, Cliff?
6: Yeah, no, it's no, I don't think. four-speed. So. I think it's I think it's a four-speed.
0: Yeah, the four-speed I've not heard that. The six-speed I've heard some things on it, and there's actually a flash update for some shifting concerns on that one. On the four-speed. If it's making a clunking noise that's loud enough for you to hear, I would think that would be a problem. I would want to have that addressed, particularly if it's under warranty. I mean, that was an okay transmission, but they had a lot of issues with it, and they do give a lot of problems. What you want to make sure, Cliff, is that that is resolved before your 100,000-mile powertrain goes up. Even if you have to go to an independent shop and have them listen to it, maybe run a pressure test, even go as far as drop the pan and take the filter out— and then go back to GM and say, hey, look, here's what I found. Your guys wouldn't tell me what's wrong with it. Because a lot of times under warranty, those guys don't get paid as much to do warranty work as they do to do customer pay work. So they're really right. not looking for a whole lot under warranty. You know, they'd rather really wait to get out of warranty and let it break in. But I would possibly go back and ride with them, have the tech ride with you, get in the exact situation where it's doing it, and say, hey, that noise, that's what I want right there. And if he says, hey, it's normal or whatever, Then I would probably go to an independent shop, have them check it and see if they can't give you more information. Then you can go back with that information and say, hey, look, I had this checked elsewhere and this is what we found. That's something you can do? Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir.
4: Okay. All right.
0: All right. I
6: appreciate the info. Okay, Cliff.
0: Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. One last little break and we'll be right back with the rest of the Automotive Hour.
5: Mike. How are you and things at the dealership's maintenance department? Dave, things are great. You guys still running that low price 24 $24.99 oil change at your place? Oh, yeah. Folks come in and we just happen to find a ton of other stuff wrong with their car.
2: (laughs) Works, don't it? Sometimes when it's a woman, I make something up like... Your flux capacitor has a leak
5: Yeah, Or your strepanoid filter head needs to be replaced <laughs> Oh, that's a good one I gotta write that down AGCO Automotive wants to let you know How to stick it to the low-price oil change shops Go get the oil change And then take your vehicle and their list of recommended repairs To AGCO for an honest opinion of what If anything needs to be fixed And we'll fix only that Want to know more details about upsells and wallet flushes, plus tons of other automotive info? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com. Agco, it's the place to go.
0: Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Outland with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Go and give us a call. It's- Two nine one
1: sixty nine zero one, and you put a two two five in front of that. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning, and we'd sure tight. love to hear from you.
0: We hadn't gotten any out of state calls this morning. Not this morning.
4: So, we got a couple of,
0: last week. That kind of unusual. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the way it goes. We were talking earlier about the gentleman with the serpentine belt noise, uh-huh. and I know we had a Toyota truck come in earlier this week that you worked on, right? And it had a newish belt on it. I think the belt was only a few months old. Right. It had a little squeak in it.
1: Right. And what we come to find out, I took the belt off, cranked it up, noise was gone. Mm-hmm. Well, we're into a belt issue now. So I took a good look at the belt. Of course, like you were saying earlier, it's hard to look at a belt, mm-hmm. but you can actually look at the back of it and see where the letters are stamped on it. You right. can tell how about how old it is right. because the letters were still shining. Of
0: course, it gauged You'd still reading
1: and the gauge set in it right. So we started looking for pulleys. Turned every pulley, checking the bearings and everything. Everything looked good. We changed the tensioner when we changed the belt when it came in Mm -hmm. the the first time. So we broke out the laser guide. Mm -hmm. And come to find out that one of the idler pulleys was off probably about 32nd of an inch. Yeah, not much. All it
0: took was a little shim behind it to shim it back out in the right place. Belt hushed up and truck was fixed. That's right. And a small amount, 32nd of an inch, about 30 thousandths of an inch, which is not a whole, whole lot. But with that pulley running just slightly out of line. It's going to affect that belt, and the number one problem is going to be noise. You can right. start to get that chirp, 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 chirp kind of noise as it goes around. It will also prematurely wear the belt because the grooves are not all running in line. It's kind of pushing against one side. The rest of them are pushing against the other side. So it will prematurely wear the belt out Right, if it's not corrected. but. We do see that kind of thing a lot. And, of course, the way I think you told me you found that, you sprayed a little water on it and the noise went away.
1: Correct. Knew we were into an alignment issue at that point.
0: That's correct. Now, what you don't want to do, and don't let anybody tell you, don't ever put like WD-40 or no, belt dressing. No, no
1: kind of lubricant or sticky uh, stuff. Uh, adhesive Yeah, don't put any
0: of that on a belt because you're going to ruin that belt. If you didn't have a bad belt, you will now have a bad belt. Correct. <laughs> don't put brake cleaner or carburetor cleaner, any of those things on a belt. A little bit of water is the best thing, and what that water will do, if you've got a tension problem or a belt problem, it is going to get louder when you spray the water on it because it's going to act as a lubricant and make it slip more. If it's slipping, it's going to slip more.
1: Correct, and it's going to start squealing to beat the band now. Right.
0: If it quiets down immediately, then you've probably got a issue with alignment on one of the pulleys. And some of the things that we have seen, of course, someone will change – let's say the air conditioner, and maybe when they bolt the new air conditioner on, they don't bolt it in exactly the same spot as the original one. Uh-huh. And so now that pulley is slightly out of line, the same thing with a power steering pump, the same thing with an alternator.
1: Right, and the thing with that laser guide is you can put on each one of the grooved pulleys and align it with the other one. That's right. So you start at the crankshaft because most likely that is the least... likely to be off. It's... The one that is not going to be moved as much you would think, you check there. If it lines up with a couple of them and one's off, you go to the one that's off, and Mm -hmm. you try to line it back. From there. From there until you find the one that's out of alignment.
0: And I have seen the crankshaft pulley be off where the harmonic balancer starts to come apart. That rubber ring will actually start to deteriorate over time on Mm -hmm. higher mileage vehicles. The pulley will walk out. The pulley will walk out or walk in a little bit, and again, it's going to chirp to beat the band.
1: Uh, Power steering pumps. They are notorious for the pulley being in the wrong place because of the way that it is designed. It is designed to take the pulley off to change the pump. That's correct. So if it doesn't get put back on completely or if it gets put on too far, mm-hmm. everything's out of alignment then.
0: Well, nothing lines that pulley up. It's just slipped as a press fit onto the shaft. And you put a little device in there, a screw-threaded device. You tighten it down so it pushes the pulley on to where you think it goes. Correct. And you kind of eyeball it, but there is no shoulder that it bottoms out on for the most part. There's nope. no spline or anything that lines it up precisely. So it's quite easy to not get it on quite far enough or to push it on a little bit too far.
1: Sure. If a timing belt's been done, mm-hmm. all those pulleys, most of them bolt to the timing cover. If mm-hmm. a shim falls out and it doesn't get noticed, then that pulley's out of alignment again.
0: That was particularly on older vehicles. We used to see a lot where there would be a bolt going through, let's say, the alternator, and behind that bolt between it and where it mounts to the engine, there might be a washer. Uh-huh. And that washer would actually act as a spacer to hold the alternator in position. Correct. Someone would change the alternator, pull the bolt out. Well, the washer would fall down on top of the water pump somewhere. They wouldn't ever see it. When they put it back together, they would just bolt it up tight against the engine and the belt would squeal from then on. Right. And after they changed the belt three or four times, it might've got to a shop and said, Hey, this washer's missing. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe not. It may have just squeaked from then on.
1: Right. Yeah. All those sort of things can happen very, very easily. Sure. There are several different devices. You can also use for different laser devices that are out on the market now. right,
0: Most good shops are going to have that. Hey, we are just about totally out of time. We're going to go ahead and start winding it on up. That's
1: it. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. And tell your friends, go to
0: iTunes and Stitcher and give us a written rating. Yeah, we really appreciate those written ratings. They tend to move us up and so more people can hear us. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.